Hi and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth. This is our annual trip to InfoSec where we get to talk to the best, most influential people in the cybersecurity industry. Sit back and enjoy the next few weeks of our brilliant coverage from this fantastic event. Okay, and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth. And uh, first off, what's your name and where'd you come from? Sure. So my name is Robert Arangelovich. I'm Director of Product Marketing and Security Strategy for the EMEA region at Symantec. Fantastic. So Symantec, been around as long as I have had a computer. <laughs> um, so what's the current state of, of your world and, and what's going on? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I think, you know, you're going to hear it pretty consistently around the, uh, as you go around the room or around the venue here at InfoSec, but uh, um, there are a number of issues that are sort of confronting organizations and we sort of kind of captured it in this idea of this kind of thing we refer to as the cloud generation dilemma. And clearly, like, I think when most people think cloud and cloud generation, the first thing you're going to point to is cloud adoption. And that's definitely sort of kind of one of the one of the issues. But you sort of see a lot of other factors that sort of build up to that. Um, one of the things we don't want to lose sight of, and, you know, we've gotten this feedback from a lot of customers. We always sort of go to the next uh, big technology and the next big threat that needs a new solution in place is, um, you know, organizations just doing the basics. Uh, there's a lot of cost issues in place, a lot of financial strain just to maintain the average with a little bit of growth every year um, and adopt new controls based on small budgetary increase. But you kind of look at the, the skill shortage that's out there. So um, balancing that with the increasing cost of those skills, moving from uh, cloud or from on-premise based technologies to, to cloud-based uh, technologies and managing a hybrid of the two, um, both in conventional computing as well as with uh, with the security meant to protect it all, um, it's putting real financial burdens and, and operational burdens on organizations that are trying to improve their security postures. And that's being done in the face of, of, of other elements that sort of uh, build the need again to keep, uh, keep evolving that infrastructure. So what we've become very cognizant of this is, this, is that balancing act. And so on the other side of it, obviously what's driving the need to keep moving forward are, are different elements around um, kind of you know, the rising threat landscape that's always sort of evolving there and creating a need for things. Um, at the same time, uh, the cloud itself, and so this cloud generation move we've seen where things, you have factors like the, you know, the, the rise of mobility um, and, the, and device proliferation and the fact that people can do work from pretty much any device, um, the dissolution of the network perimeter, um, you know, Symantec and before Symantec, I actually was, I came from Bluecoat where we, we, we played a very fundamental role in, in, in developing network perimeters with, uh, with on-premise equipment and that sort of kind of falls apart when all of a sudden people aren't going into the same office. So people are connecting mm -hmm. from all these different networks, um, from all these different devices um, and accessing data and applications and resources in, in a cloud that's not behind the wall anymore. And so finding a way to kind of move the security fabric um, wherever you need to between the users and the uh, and the resources they're trying to access yeah. um, is critical and keeping the and, and or between the bad guys if you will as well so that all sort of represents where we're at well it's that's a, that's a really interesting um, sort of minute or two on on the state of the nation and yeah. actually it mirrors what we're seeing in the data center space you know the data center can no longer be classified as one you know data hall or or one cupboard or rack with servers in it it's it's now an abstracted term for yeah. the collaboration of on-prem, off-prem services, um, you know, PaaS, IaaS, all this, all of these different things collaborating together to become the the modern next-generation data center. Absolutely. And I suppose what you've just described essentially is the transition from security being very, you know, thought of as these nice high walls that you'd build around your infrastructure, yeah. your information, and then once you've got inside the walls 
you had the free reign of everything mm -hmm. to something where actually it needs to be a complete balance of it's as easy to get on externally with a m with whatever device you've got as it is when you're sitting yeah. at a desk with a with a desktop that's been there since yeah, exactly. three four years. And you're absolutely right because it's both sides of it, isn't it? It's it's like the, like like you said, the users themselves can be anywhere, but with the cloud now, all of a sudden you know, those resources, that data center is pretty much everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. Uh, yeah, and all the different messy things that can lie in between the two is, uh, it, it, it creates nightmares. And for a long time, you sort of had this prohibitive culture, like the first response to cloud applications and mobility and BYOD was always sort of the disallow. Uh, and yeah. clearly that's something that you can't continue to do. Nice. And, and organizations have recognized, no, that's just the new challenge for security well, teams. The reality is you're going to start to limit your ability to execute yeah. you're going to ability uh, limit your ability to execute so accelerate into yeah. you know new opportunities um and i must admit you know when we're seeing the adoption of cloud going up not down mm -hmm. and not just going up but the complexity of the adoption also going up yep. you know that your network is no longer you know a few switches it's a bit of aws it's a bit of azure yep. it's a bit of ibm it's a bit of this a bit of that and then on-prem and then all of your remote, you know, locations, and then all of your remote, and it's just, yep. uh, honestly, and, and I think the single biggest limiting factor to the enterprise adoption to this point has been um, when you look at it from a, oh, this is a great idea, imagine the availability we get, imagine the freedom mm. we could give, oh, how do we secure it? Yep. Okay, we've got to bring this in, that in, that in, that in, that in, that's that screen, that screen, we're going to patch this, make mm -hmm. sure that's what... And it just becomes a co a, an incredibly complex myriad of, of stuff. Right, absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, consistently comes up, whether you look at Gartner or any other p uh, analysts or researchers that have studied the uh, studied cloud adoption, it is absolutely inhibitor number one. Um, but regardless of that, it, what we're seeing is, as you said, it's, it's continuing unabated. Like the fact is cloud adoption is soaring through the roof. Adoption yeah. of cloud solutions versus on-prem equivalents. Um, you know, we just, I heard a stat earlier today that, you know, on, on certain technologies, it's as much as 10 times as fast. Mm. Uh, whereas you see very flat growth in on-premise solutions. Everyone's looking to make their next big generation, big next generation investments in the cloud. Yeah. And so you basically, it's a challenge people have to solve and figure out. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And it's, um, but it's not an easy one. Not at all. So, you know, I think it's technology from vendors like yourselves, which is actually helping and giving people the confidence to adopt these technologies at the rate they need to. So, Definitely. so what have Semantic been doing? What are you up to to sort of help people to get past this barrier? So, good point. And so, one of the challenges we've seen, and so we'll, you, we'll stick to the cloud, I mean, because obviously it, it does scope bigger, but uh, when you think of the cloud, um, and if you look at all the challenges you've got embracing cloud services and then finding a way to kind of, at times retrospectively or retroactively secure them, because sometimes it's business units of up adopting the services or moving to the services, and then all of a sudden the security team gets a new mess on their table that they got to solve. And so um, there's a number of cloud-based security solutions that have come to, kind of come to address that, and that's something Symantec has done as well. But one of the other dilemmas that comes out when it's like, okay, by shifting our security infrastructure to the cloud, we can solve this mobility and you know dissolve perimeter problem by just having the, you know, the cloud and cloud-based security can be anywhere where the resources are and the people yep. are. But um, we've seen the basic thing of trying to reproduce the capabilities you would get in a high-end um, security infrastructure. Uh, it, you often have to kind of partner up with a number of different vendors with different solutions, yep. um, authentication, analytics, um, typical web security filtering, and so forth. 
Uh, and the mess that that causes sometimes can actually be worse than the problem from an operational perspective was worse the pr than the problem you're solving because all of a sudden you've got um, to do one transaction. If I'm a Salesforce user and I've got a balance between 10 or 12 different cloud security services before I can get to Salesforce and back, um, there's massive issues there in terms of performance and you know SLAs. Um, how do I manage that from an mm. IT perspective? What happens if something fails? Like the redundancy elements, there's a lot of issues that can really um, create like a nightmare. Yeah. And so with Symantec, what we've really tried to do is pull together a consolidated approach. Um, and that consolidation is, is achievable through a platform that can help and, and be applied um, through on-premise equipment, cloud equipment, or a hybrid of both, depending on where companies are at their maturity. Yeah. So. Give us a bit more of an information. Give yeah. us a bit more detail around sure. around that platform. Yeah. that sounds really interesting. Sure. So um, the key thing is that uh, like to build a platform, you know, obviously you're going to need um, best in class, and you're going to have to make sure you have kind of the state of the art when it comes to any foundational elements. So if you're building a firewall, if you're building a secure web gateway, if you're building a DLP system, those all have to be state of the art, and that forms the bedrock or the foundation of your platform. But what's really important. Is the is the need for um, the the components in that that, that comprise that platform to to work together? Um, that's how you can achieve efficiencies in terms of management. Um, also, avoid reproduction uh, and um, replication of uh, of investments uh, and effort. Because if you think about it, from if I've got like an email security solution, a web security solution, an endpoint security, and I'm trying to like deploy DLP separately on each one with different investments, different management, different uh, deployment cycles, it's a nightmare. So what we've actually done is create um, an exchange. We refer to it as the Integrated Cyber Defense Exchange um, that provides a bus upon which um, all the solutions can kind of communicate with yep. one another um, and leverage one another, but at the same time provides a common bus upon which you can kind of layer over services. So for us to, de to, to deliver things like advanced threat protection and sandboxing or um, information protection and DLP, those almost become services that you roll across this bus and can actually touch those different termination points at the email side, the web side, endpoint side, or the cloud. So essentially you've developed a, a central control system, but yep. then, then an opportunity for anyone that you need in that ecosystem to come and feed data into you to be able to sit on this bus and, and collaborate and communicate. Exactly, because that, that's this kind of the next point, is that when you build that fabric and that, 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 that infrastructure and that platform, you can achieve a lot just having this, this the handful of solutions that you build as a vendor and from semantic side obviously we have 34 different products so, so we can do a lot but we're still not going to cover the gamut of what your typical no. organization is going to need to do so and it's also a bit of a waste when you've built that great fabric is just keeping it to yourself sort of mm. defeats the purpose especially i mean again with all the needs of an organization and the classic the, the the almost unavoidable heterogeneous um, nature of those networks um you're going to have to basically find a way to make sure that everyone can leverage that. And what that does is actually gets customers into a position where you can incorporate third-party elements as well and, and have them incorporate into this infrastructure. And so through that fabric, what we've done is kind of provided that, that one common element that people can build to, um, kind of moved beyond traditional integrated platform approaches where you basically just every product you had in your portfolio, you built an API, you effectively create this big meshy or matrixy type of integration approach that can be really painful and difficult. Well, so I mean, I must admit, yeah. I, so I wrote a, a, a piece for, um, for a magazine recently specifically about automation and specifically about that messy integration piece. Yeah. And I said it's one of the biggest limiting factors to mass automation at the moment is, is the fact that it is very integrated into this API, integrated into this API, 
But what's going to happen is one of those things have got to change their API specification, and you've yes. essentially broken your entire integration, and you've completely broken your automation strategy. And it's yep. that's a big piece of work to undertake, and then to go and re-architect even one API integration is a non-trivial event. Definitely. Um, and as you say, that's not an uncommon situation to occur. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and that's that's exactly the trap uh, that that can be laid for yourselves, even, and uh, and for partners. And so, we've spent the last two years, more or less, um, repurposing and, and basically having it so that all the products across our portfolios, again, all thirty-four products, more or less speaking the same language and working to this basic element. That's fantastic. And uh, and and then again, opening that up and making it for free for any of our technology integration partners, uh, that they can also access that and basically feed in and and receive information in a standardized so it's, way. it's bi-directional in your bus. Absolutely. So Absolutely. you're not just taking, you're giving information back to them so they can there do their job better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And therefore, you can build the applications. And so um, we have what's known as the Technology Integration Partner Program. We have, I think, 100 and 180 different integrations somewhere wow. in that ballpark right now from a, a 100 different vendors. We have a list of about 600 other vendors. I think it actually got up to 700 um, just recently of, of uh, basically integrate uh, proposed integrations in place that we're filtering through and trying to help out. Um, and we're, we're challenging partners to kind of find new applications and new innovations that we haven't even really considered yet. Yeah. Uh, so it's really, really pushing the envelope. And so we really feel comfortable that we've built that platform um, and that, that the industry can really kind of help start standardizing because one of the things we're realizing is it's not just a convenience of ourselves kind of finding a way to make all of our 34 products work together. Um, it's something that has been coming from the market itself. Our customers are demanding this. And in some cases with some of the bigger customers, they've been trying to spend the last years doing it themselves. And yeah. obviously you're limited if you don't have inside access to the products. Well, if you, don't even, if, you don't <laughs> if you don't have inside access, if you don't have strong development skills, if you don't have a team of people who are constantly maintaining this, and it's sort of... Once you start to do it yourself, it sort of takes away the the business case of doing mm -hmm. this, this cross collaboration of information yeah. because actually, you know, if you've got lots of people doing it, you lose the the value proposition and the return on investment. So Definitely. actually, by by giving it and also if you're doing it yourself, you maybe only have the opportunity to do it properly to like two or three products. Right. Whereas, obviously, you guys have opened it up to it sounds like a hundred and then way beyond you know maybe next year we'll be sitting down <laughs> and and you'll be at three four hundred products right and you know i think it's very humble actually as a vendor to turn around and say do you know what we appreciate that there's other vendors that are incredibly important to mm -hmm. to fixing the problem that is modern day security and actually we have a good portfolio but if you but we're not going to force you to rip and replace and go down a one vendor strategy right and actually we're going to help you to take advantage of your existing investments leveraging our technology absolutely and uh, you know that that has meant sort of t making the decision and accepting the fact that there are going to be times where competitive solutions are like th things that we have a perfectly valid competitive solution towards um our competitors are going to be in there and and they're going to be partnering with us and yeah. that's just the nature of it because we got it like we're again looking to that uh, larger um business need that our customers have yeah but it's not a bad place to be is it to to at least because <laughs> Previously, you'd have probably not had a, a horse in the race at all, but yep. now at least you can turn around and say, well, let's help, let me help you connect up your, your portfolio. Definitely. And then you can start to building block on top of that. Well, exactly. And then you also start creating pressure on, on, on um, other vendors as well. And kind of eventually that gravity sort of works. And what we've seen with wins that we've had around the platform to date is that, is that we've won various components in there, but even where third-party vendors, um, either of competitors of ours or people that do stuff that we just don't do, is that, the customers are in turn going to them and pressuring them to actually work with our, yeah. uh, our platform. So do you have any good use cases, like a real-world example of where 
of where this has been really, really valuable. Yeah. So again, we've what we've been able to do is is, is um, we got actually a couple of really big financial customers here in the UK, for instance, have have, have subscribed to this. And so it, again, it's a funny one because consistently, what we're seeing is that those wins start by convincing them that this vision, this platform, is the way you want to go. But then you have that sort of double layer of okay, we won the vision. We won the platform, although we're giving the platform away for free technically, so like we're not really doing anything there. But then what we've got to do to kind of convince them is show them that at both at an individual level that the products that we can place in there as part of that platform um, excel mm -hmm. and that the cumulative value, that synergistic value that the platform is supposed to offer, whether it's in terms of being able to do more or being able to create efficiencies, um, that we can actually we got to be able to demonstrate that too. So we've done that with a couple of banks here in, 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 in the UK. And, and so what we're seeing going forward is that's going to start moving. Like in those organizations, they already have a very high cyber maturity, mm -hmm. which is actually why they've been more intent on getting the going, going to the consolidation route. But it's also something that we're seeing kind of move to other industries as well and different levels, big awesome. and small. Well, look, that is absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on today. Pleasure. It's great to hear a vendor who's humble and innovating and actually aware of the fact that they're not a one-stop shop and actually there is a wider ecosystem of products out there and they're helping their customers to take advantage of those technologies to further their their security posture it's a pleasure no thank you very much thanks cheers thank you for listening to this infosec security special we're going to be back next week with more coverage from this fantastic event stay tuned and speak to you then